Well, this is not going to be nearly as much fun as the Grinch. Yeah, I, I tuned in last week, even though I was out of town. I after after I, I tuned in shortly after and got to watch uh, Pastor Dale Free talk about the Grinch, and I'm going, that's pretty good stuff. Well, now you got me this week. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, where's the peace? going to keep asking this question. Where's the peace? There's desperation and discouragement and uh, despair flooding our world. It's uh, either publicly or privately, um, globally or individually. If you listen to people, we're experiencing pain all over. Anguish, we cannot put into words. Think anguish we cannot express, uh, except that it, it overflows from our hearts in questions. Why me? Why us? Why my family? Why our country? Why my child? Why, why? <laughs> Is anyone safe anywhere? Is, uh, is anything sacred anymore? Is anywhere sacred anymore? Where can we find protection? Where can we find safety from the evil in this world? Where is that peace that the angels proclaimed and there's always singing about in the Christmas carols that you can't get away from at this time of year? Then there's that question nobody really wants to say out loud, but let's just do it. Where's God? Where is God in all of this? Where is God when we don't understand what's happening? Now, we're not the first ones to ask that question. We're not the first ones to ask questions like that. Hundreds Thousands of years ago, uh, a psalm writer, Psalm 22, in, uh, wrote these words, kicked off one of the worship songs of ancient Israel, kicked off with these two lines. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? I groan in prayer, but help seems far away. My God, I cry out during the day, but you do not answer. And during the night, my prayers do not let up. How would you like to kick off church service like that? Some days... Now, for all those who might think, well, yeah, but that was a long time ago, and that was before the angels. I'm going to tell you something about Jesus, in case you didn't know this already. And uh, on, on the cross, tell us, uh, records show, tell us that at 3 o'clock, while Jesus was hanging on the cross, Jesus quoted that song. About three o'clock in the afternoon on Good Friday, Jesus shouted out with a loud voice, 
My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mary and Joseph had to have questions. Some of us hear the Christmas uh, events without thinking about how people like Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and all that were, were felt because we've heard them so often. Some of us have heard these stories every year for all our lives, and it's just like they're they just, we've got nearly have them memorized. And once somebody starts to read them, it's like, yeah, we, we can almost zone out. For other people, uh, it's so new and strange, we really can't identify with it at all. It's just weird. I mean, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I mean, have any of us really ever seen an angel that we know of? I mean, you know, one that really had to say, don't be scared. I mean, besides the little cute figurines in the stores, those things aren't scary, right? They're cute. Cupid never has to tell anybody, don't be afraid. I'm just going to shoot this little bow at you. <laughs> yeah, just say, stay right there. I'm going to go get my fly swatter. <laughs> every time angels show up in the in, in in the in the Bible's record, every time an angel shows up, the first thing they do is tell people, "Don't be afraid." Okay, so I've never had that experience. <clears throat> Mary and Joseph were engaged. Now, let's talk about this because it was different a different time a different culture so when we say engaged we go oh she said yes he got her a ring and well first of all they didn't do rings and so let's talk about in, in their culture and in their time to say they were engaged means they were legally married so the closest equivalent would be like they had signed a marriage license but they weren't living together yet I know that's weird for us because that's not our culture. But that's the way it was. If he died, she'd be considered a widow. Even though they had never finished the wedding ceremony or had the honeymoon. They were legally married. But they weren't living together. They were still planning the wedding celebration and the honeymoon and how the, all their future together and that God interrupts their plans and their dreams with what one pastor called the most complicated, inconvenient, untimely, unseemly, unfair assignment. You see, an angel appears to Mary and says, Mary, good news, you're going to be pregnant. You're going to have a son. And Mary says, wait a minute. I don't know a whole lot about this stuff, except that I've never been with a man, and I'm pretty sure from what my mama told me, that 
takes a man and a woman to make a baby. And the angel said, well, that's the way it usually works, but this time it's going to take God creating the baby in you. And she said, yes, I am God's servant. She saw an angel. Wow. Spiritual high. Great. And she went home and told Joseph. I just let her sit in. Because Joseph is probably thinking, I don't know a whole lot about this either, you know. But my mama and daddy told me, takes a man and a woman to make a baby. And now my wife, technically, that I've not been with, comes to tell me that she's pregnant, and I know it's not me. And then she said it was God. So she's not only been unfaithful, but she's a little bit on the Crazy side. Matthew records it this way. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. So he already clues us in that there's how the end of this is going to happen. But he goes, he tells us that this is, it's rough and rocky to start with. His mother, Mary, was engaged, legally married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, before the wedding ceremony and honeymoon, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly, to divorce her quietly. So you imagine how Mary felt. She hadn't done anything wrong. In fact, she did the right thing. She said yes to what God asked her to do. And she's probably having a silent, well, maybe not silent. She's probably having a heart-to-heart -heart with God. I said yes, God. I said yes to your request. And now Joseph hates me. My mom thinks I'm nuts. Everybody in town thinks I'm a tramp. Everyone hates me. My life is over. This isn't fair. This isn't what I expected. But Matthew's record doesn't stop there because God steps in. Because as Joseph considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. God sends an angel to Joseph. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When, Jesus, when Joseph woke up, 
He did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Joseph's entire world was caving in on him. He had all these plans. He was married, engaged to the woman he planned to spend the rest of his life with, and she comes and says, oh, by the way, Joe, I'm pregnant. And he knows it's not his. It did not belong to him. And he's sorting through all these fragments of betrayal and shame. He live in a small town and everybody knows everybody's business and his confusion. And then he gets his message from God. Don't be afraid. God is with you. The message, the prophecy that Matthew says is being fulfilled by this little baby that Mary is carrying is was originally given by Isaiah to the ancient prophet Isaiah to a king, Israel's king Ahaz, in a moment of real fear and despair. They were surrounded by their enemies, and God said he was going to give them a sign that his strategy, his deliverance was available and his security and their joy and their deepest satisfaction was going to be in God and God alone. And he said, I'm going to give you a sign. It's going to be a baby whose name is Emmanuel because God is with you. Where is God when we don't understand what's happening? He is Emmanuel. God, Emmanuel's presence is constant and consistent. Even when we don't know what's, understand what's happening, he's with us. So here's the sermon in a sentence. You may not remember anything else, but I want you to remember this. You don't have to understand what happens to trust Emmanuel. You don't have to understand what happens to trust Emmanuel. What's happening in your world, what's happening in our world, that leaves you asking, where's God? What's happening? I mean, it could be the recent economic trends that have uh, reduced your retirement resources. Uh, it may be your loved one that longs to have a child who can't or hasn't been able to. Or maybe it's the wars and the violence in this world that just keep you up at night. Maybe other things that keep you up at night. And maybe your job is, is a nightmare, making you wonder which one of your coworkers is going to be the first to go postal. What is it that makes you wonder, where is God? Is it sickness? Is it, is it death and grief that strikes close at home? Is it, is it some unrelenting temptations that you can't get away from? Is it plans and dreams that never seem to be fulfilled? I want you to remember, you don't have to understand what's happening to trust Emmanuel. See, he is the one who says, I will never leave you 
and I will never abandon you. My observation from my own self and from my, my own life and my own interaction with people is that we're most, most often robbed of peace when our expectations aren't met. The, the pain of our disappointment drowns out our awareness of God's presence. When everything's going great, it's really easy for us to believe that God is with us. But then when it starts hurting, it's really difficult to think, to believe, and to know that he's with us. And that's where we begin to cry out, where are you, Lord? But, but Emmanuel never leaves us. God never leaves us. Jesus never abandons us. He never forsakes us. He never got, turns his back on us. We can trust him to be with us no matter what. Well, I said earlier there was one thing that you, I wanted you to remember, but this is something that will stick with you because it stuck with me for four decades at least. It's a story my, one of my professors told. His son was a toddler, had his tonsils removed, and as he was coming out, from under the anesthesia, he was scared. The little guy was panic-stricken, screaming for his daddy. Now, I don't, I've never had my tonsils out. That was my sister's. That was her. <coughs> she got her tonsils out. I didn't. But I still have mine for some reason. Uh, but the poor little guy was... All I know is that my sister got to have lots of popsicles and ice cream when she got hers out because her throat was sore. So I can imagine this little guy was waking up with a really sore throat and yet he was still screaming and crying, Daddy, I'm scared, please hold me. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. As he's coming out from anesthesia, he's calling out for his daddy. Daddy, please hold me. And all the time he's in his daddy's arms. But he just didn't know. That's the way it is with us. When our world's coming apart, we don't understand what's going on and we're calling out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's holding us. We just don't realize it. The manger tells us when we're crying out, the manger tells us he's with us. The manger tells us that our God is the God who enters into our broken world to be broken by our world. And by being broken by it, he redeems it and he fixes it and he's in the process of restoring and renewing it. The manger tells us that into this deep, despairing darkness, 
a light is coming. The manger tells us to look again, even through our pain, even through our fear, and even through our despair, to look again. Because he's coming. He's coming again. To heal every hurt, to bind up every broken heart, to wipe away every tear from our eyes. He's going to swallow up every tragedy in the spot of his love and his redemption, and he's going to satisfy all of our longings for hope and love and joy and peace. He's with us. And the day is coming when he's going to make it really unquestionably clear. But what do we do in the meantime? I kind of remind myself every once in a while, we, we live in a world of Saturday. What does that mean? Or, okay, what, I'll tell you what that means. That means Good Friday was the day Jesus was crucified. And Sunday was the day he was raised. Saturday was the day in between. That's the day we live in. Except we know, we know, we know Sunday's coming. We live on a, in, in the Saturday but we know Saturday's coming, or Sunday's coming. So what do we do on Saturday, even though we know Sunday's coming? We follow Jesus' example. When he felt abandoned and forsaken, what did he do? He prayed. He called out. He called out to the God that he knew was there, even though he felt forsaken, even though he felt abandoned, he called out to his father. He called out to his daddy. like the little boy calling out to his daddy after surgery. But when we don't know he's there, even when we feel like we're alone, he's still there. Call out. Call out to him. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, we need you to make us more aware of Jesus' presence with us. It is so easy to be distracted, especially when pain and distress are all around us. We believe God is with us, with our heads. And we believe some, to some degree, with our hearts. But we need to go further, deeper with that. We need to get to the place where we know that we know that you are with us, that you are Emmanuel, no matter how we feel. So Jesus, help us to wake up to your presence. 
Comfort us in our distress, in our despair, and our discouragement. Help us to keep our attention fully focused on you. Again. Thank you again for celebrating with us. Particularly those of you who are online, I want to thank you for joining us uh, today and encourage you to join Champions of Hope, a Facebook group, if you have not done that already. Uh, so, for all of us, here and there and everywhere, since Facebook is everywhere, go out in peace, have courage. Hold on to what is good, return blessings for evil, strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the suffering, honor everyone, love and serve Jesus, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit, now and forever, because Emmanuel is with us. Go, you are sent. Thank you.